Dion, can you play bass? Jay, I just want uh, just to give you more time to hear what the wireless mics are doing. Because last week when we used it, every so often there'd be like this, there'd be like a mosquito flying around through the wiring. 
maybe having it up up high like that maybe maybe that's the solution Jump into cipher, spit the stuff on fire. No time. <laughs> she goes, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's do let's do the first song. I don't remember what we needed to practice. What did we need to practice? Oh yeah, I wanted to hear the June. We can't see you. <laughs> we can't see you now. It's hiding. Uh, yeah, the toms, right?
someone else's bad too but uh, <laughs> mostly my bad maybe but someone else's bad um, washed away what, what do we have to do do we have to cut earlier there's no way to cut earlier right Jay could I get some more of me in the monitor away. you in the monitor yeah okay and then right. yeah I guess it's that's it we have to hit the, the first, we have to hit the beat, right? Hosanna. We have to. Hosanna. Or washed away. Hosanna. Oh my gosh, what? What's happening? Washed away. Hosanna. Okay. Uh, are you, Rachel, are you crashing anymore? on the... Are you crashing? You are. Cool. Okay, guys. Uh, is there anything weird from here? We do the chorus one time. We do the chorus one time. Come everywhere. is not there? Arnold is here. Okay. Arnold, I lied to you for the first song <laughs> that I told you that I wasn't going to do Hosanna, Hosanna, the ending, but I do want to do it. But you don't need to make a new slide for that because it's just Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. That's cool. Just didn't want you to freak out. Yeah, yo. All right. Should we, I think what we should do is we should blend Living Hope and like we should surprise everyone and which chorus do you want to sing? Living Him in Heaven? Sometimes do Hallelujah, sometimes do There Will Be A Day. Uh, they're so similar. Practice Hamyeonjo. I was like, when he returns to wipe away our tears. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, this is this is I don't know the melody right now. I think, I think that's <laughs> what what what? Jay? Did you say something for us? 
No, sorry, I'm plugging a mic, but I forgot this is on. But you hear that? You hear that? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't, what you're talking about. I don't know about. what that is, man. And, and maybe that's the system sucks. Maybe it's mm. the XLR cables. What could it be, Gene? Ani Kunde, we had that same sound last week. That's why. Yeah. When he said. This, well, sorry? He has to adhere, yeah, yeah. You want to take this back? interesting yeah 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 no I, okay i see but is that the is not some signal interference or something that's what that is <laughs> is it that i guess what i was what i was saying
after you. Okay. She'll know in a couple, in like next semester. <laughs> Chorus. Here we go. Chorus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Very Korean sound. Hallelujah. something i don't know what it is june there's something we build up so powerfully and then when we hit that chorus it feels like the energy disappears is that why but that build up was cool is that why okay okay so it's just because you're going into that beat that's the beat you have to go into there's nothing else you can do you went to the crash to the ride did you go to open hi-hat? Which one? Uh, open hi-hat. And you're hitting all the crashes and everything. <laughs> hey, can we, can you just try one, other, try something else this time? And then if it doesn't work, cool. Then I guess you have to simplify the... Uh, declare the grave has no claim on me. that same beat and hit the snare more off like in between more 
Never mind, never mind. Sorry, sorry. I'm not a drummer. I'm not a drummer either. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It works. It works. Hyung, It's got good. It's got a nice. Um, and we go to that chorus. Salvation in Jesus Christ, for the kids. Uh, during that prayer, would you mind continuing C or you can start the hymn of heaven. I'm going to pray for the kids. La, 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 la. Praying for the kids. Praying for the kids. Hi, kids. Thank you. So, like, if I'm not doing the tempo you did and I'm going faster, that means I want to go faster. Try to not show up. Thank you. How I long to breathe the air of heaven. What pain is gone and mercy fills the streets. To live before the one who bled to save me walk with him for all eternity. And there will be a day when all will bow before him. And there will be a day. What's that white line on this slide? See it? See the dotted, the dotted line there, Arnold. I wonder if that's an issue of the full screen. Do you see it on here? Uh, go to, uh, go to a PowerPoint slide. Or go to an announcement slide or something. Something else that's not white. <laughs> How about, uh, that's weird. Can you do the, the two-minute fellowship video? two-minute video not working? Can you try the two-minute fellowship video? It looks different.
Is the video not working, Arnold? The two-minute fellowship video, is that not working? The line's gone now. Oh, the white line is gone. What happened? What changed? That's the solution, man. Okay, guys, sorry, but we got a cue sheet. I'm not sorry. We got a cue sheet. Let's cue sheet. You good, Jay? You come down here for something?
right, good afternoon, everyone. I want to ask you guys to rise up to your feet. Uh, we're going to start the service as we always do, uh, looking at scripture, reading from uh, just a, a call to worship, to remember that it's not me, it's not the pastors, it's not us that welcomes you, but it is God himself. It is Jesus because of who he is and what he's done uh, who welcomes us into his house to worship. And so we're going to read together uh, Matthew chapter 20. Verse 18, so please use your voices and let's read together. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So God himself is here with us. Thank you, God. Can we pray together as the Lord taught us to pray? this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever Praise is rising, eyes are turning.
find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. We sing that again, because when we see you, because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. They're washed away. This was a cry, Lord, save us. It went from a prayer of desperation. Lord, save us. And after we have seen Jesus in his mercy and the completed work on the cross, that cry of desperation becomes an exclamation of praise. And so we worship you, Jesus. Hosanna. Thank you, O God.
has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Is Jesus. May this be the cry of our hearts, O Lord, in our lives. A joyful noise, God, that we just, with our voices, but also, God, in our lives, in our minds, and in, in our hearts, God. Thank you, Jesus. You are our living hope. And God, we pray over our children. God, when we see them, we see them and they're like, oh, they're so cute. They're so, they so seemingly innocent and all of this stuff. But Lord, they need you, Jesus, as their living hope. And so today, as they go uh, to their services and hear from your word and learn from the teachers, would you, and would you meet with them, Jesus? Would you meet with them? Would you speak to them, God? Would you speak into their minds and their hearts and their experiences, their thoughts, their fears, uh, their hopes, God? All of that, God, that you would come and you would speak. And Lord, even whatever age that they are, God, that they would experience, Jesus, that you are our living hope. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, children, you guys are dismissed uh, to your services. It's, like, it's always like a thunderous uh, noise but man we're so thankful for we're so thankful for you guys uh, one parent would be awesome if one parent could go down make sure that your child gets in there safely gets signed in and at the end of service around 250 uh, at least one parent please go down recover your child we're going to sing one more song as we call our minds and our imaginations um, to, the, to the hope that we have uh, in Jesus. How I long to breathe the air of heaven What pain is gone And mercy fills the streets To look upon one who bled to save me, to walk with him for all eternity. There will be a day when all will bow before him. There will be a day when death will be no more. Standing
dead, we join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice, a thousand Yes, God, we have sung, let it be today. Uh, We have sung of your worth, of your glory. We have sung of your goodness. We have sung of the work that you have done, completed, God, Jesus, in living the perfect life. Perfect life of obedience to the Father perfect life of love and sacrifice, a perfect life of service and mercy. And Jesus, then you died the death that we deserved. And you took upon yourself the punishment that our sins deserved so that we could be yours that we could stand righteous before you so that we could be your people so that we could shout this hymn to join with the angels to declare your worth to declare your praise to live in your glory we thank you may this not just be Sunday stuff may this not just be religious stuff may this May this truth just break into every part of our lives, God, into every part of our memories and our thoughts. God, would you come in and we live in this truth and in your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
my church, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Hello, church. Uh, good, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Daniel, and I'll be doing the announcements today. Uh, the first announcement we have is church-wide picnic. Uh, due to rain, it was actually supposed to be today, but it was um, adjusted, and we will be having fellowship on the second floor with drinks, coffee, um, at right after service. And uh, please come by after service also to celebrate Pastor John and his family's commitment and dedication to King's Cross. And it's their official last Sunday with us today. So if you can be there with us, that would be great. And I'm sure that their family would appreciate your guys' presence also. And we will also have an open mic to share. So if you have anything you want to share about their family, you can. This is the time. Um, the second announcement we have is baptism sign-ups. Uh, we have baptism on June 18th. So if you've been interested in being baptized and committing your life to Christ, we will have sign-ups available on our website starting today. And baptism class will start on June 11th, and baptism will take place on June 18th. So if you have any other questions, please email admin at kingscrossoul.com. The third announcement we have is worship team is recruiting. And so if the, wor the worship team is uh, looking to recruit more members and to commit and to serve. So if you play an instrument, um, you can, if you can sing, or if you've never even served in a worship team before but are interested in some way, shape, or form, please um, email at worship at kingscrosssoul.com. And uh, if you've never been in a worship team before, there will be an auditioning process, but it's more of an encouraging time. So we would love to encourage you to sign up uh, if you're interested. And that is it for the announcements for today. And as we do weekly, we will have a brief two minutes so if you can get up out of your seats, out of your comfort zone, say hi to other brothers and sisters around you. It will be a brief two minutes. Thank you.
Good morning, or good afternoon. It's 2 o'clock. Um, before I share today, before we go into time, of the time in the Word, I wanted to do a quick intro of somebody that's very special, dear to my heart. We, we planted a church, in the, and it's been several years now, and from the very beginning, uh, we wanted to partner with another church planting church. And you know, one of our values, when we, when we begin our church, we wanted to be a church planting church. And I had a friend, his name is Narbu, he's going to be sharing in a little bit. Uh, Narbu comes from Nepal. I met him 2009, so how many years, is that almost like 14 years ago? I was uh, second year in seminary, Narbu was first year. I see this, this man who comes and he, he's, a, he's a smaller in statue, but so much passion, character, and faith. Our friendship began that way, and when we uh, planted our church, Nabu had already gone back after studying seminary here to plant his own church. And from that church, it's called House of Hope, and they're in Kathmandu, Nepal. Kathmandu is the capital city of Nepal. And they've so far started with one, and now they planted six, five different churches. And so Nabu is not only the senior pastor of a church called House of Hope in Kathmandu, but they planted five other churches. Also, this beginning of this year, through our connections, our friendship, he became the na- one of the national leaders of the organization that we also partner with called Open Eyes. Remember when uh, things happened in Turkey, th- there was an earthquake in Turkey. We gave Open Eye. Through our partnership, he became one of the national leaders. So they're also supporting him. And it's been an amazing journey for us to be able to come along and just partner with these guys. We went uh, before COVID. Actually, we took a team and, and, and DHL was part of our team. We went. Uh, for about a week, about four years ago, and it was an amazing time to see the way Nairobi serve and love uh, his country. So he happens to be here this week. He was invited at, a, at another conference. I know we got a lot going on with Pastor John and Mina's final Sunday, but I thought, hey, we want to hear. We want to hear what God is doing and how we can continue to pray for him as we partner with him. So here's Nairobi, and I'm going to give him the mic. Nairobi, come in. Come up. Let's give him a hand. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Sangmin. And here I'm uh, Norbu Serba from Nepal, and I'm here to be thankful. Our father is the one who brought me here. Uh, I feel like God brought me here to be with my family, the big family of King Cross Church. And uh, so I would like to say, uh, just uh, give a brief uh, kind of a report of our House of Hope shows that we have we started uh, this journey from 2016. Yeah, so yeah, can you just go next slide? Yeah. So this is a short video, I guess. Uh, okay. So this is my family. My name is Norbu Sherpa. My wife name is Susma Kala Rai and daughter Evangelica and son Joshua. And here... Uh, so we are representing our House of Hope Church, and this uh, House of Hope Church uh, is, uh, yeah, in that place where uh, the mark, uh, it is Mark, and it is in the southern part of Capital Valley, uh, Kathmandu. Next. And, yeah, so our pastor Asa, can you just stand? Yeah, she's also one of, one of our lady pastor. 
and she's uh, serving uh, the Lord in this place, uh, which is uh, far east uh, of Nepal. And so this is my hometown. And we planted a church in when we were in the COVID. In 2020, we planted church over there. And uh, so she's uh, serving over there as a pastor. And her husband, Dil Kumar Shrestha, he's also one of our pastors. And House of Hope Church uh, that we started in 2016 in this uh, place where you can see. And that is our first church. And after that, uh, we planted another church, which is a nearby uh, mountain. Yeah, this is our second church, which is uh, 186 uh, kilometers away. And this is uh, just uh, right below of, uh, mountain uh, Himalaya. And then uh, it takes... Uh, Almost whole day to reach there, even though the length is just only. And then second church, uh, this is the second church, and a third church is uh, 486 kilometers away from, this is the western part of Nepal. It is, it is also kind of a remote area. And this is our second, uh, third church. And another? Yeah, yeah this is the church uh, we planted in uh, during the time of covid and when we uh, started this uh, church, that, that time we were having online services. And in this uh, church, which is uh, uh, we planted in 2020, October th 23. And this is the church which is uh, growing very fast, and it became uh, largest among our churches. And our pastor asked also from there, that place. Yeah. And there are five uh, ordained leaders now. And another... Again, we planted another church in the same place, uh, Rolpa, uh, and this is our fifth church, and another, next slide, yeah, this is a sixth uh, church, uh, which is uh, in another district of my hometown, uh, 580 kilometers away from so Kathmandu, and this is a, a small fellowship which is uh, going on, and by God's grace, uh, many people who are chosen, they are coming uh, in, uh, so into God's family. And one of, uh, one of my students who are serving there being as an evangelist. And uh, so these are the churches that we planted from 2016 uh, to up to 2022. And, yeah, can you go ahead? Yeah, prayer and plan in 2023. Yeah, next slide. So we are planning uh, to start another church uh, nearby the church which, uh, which was uh, recently we planted. And we ask uh, you to pray for that. Uh, we send our evangelism team there and they spend. And still some of the leaders from our House of Church, Elam, they go and then share the gospel. And one brother who accepted Christ and we are looking for more. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is how we evangelize uh, local people, and this is the time in Christmas. Okay. Yeah, and then later uh, from Kathmandu, we send evangelism team over there, and then we share the gospel in this uh, yeah in the net village. Yeah. Can you just yeah? Okay, and so this is a uh, this is uh, we uh, we have been praying to start uh, the new fellowship over there. This. Yeah. 
And this is uh, another uh, prayer and plan that we have. So we wanna uh, plan another church. It is in Sikkim, uh, in India. And our pastor Asa, she is from that place. And she married and now she is in Elam. But in, in our home place also, already we have a connection and uh, so relationship with the believers. And there is a fellowship, and hopefully, officially, we may start this uh, a new church over there very soon. And we appreciate your prayer yeah, for that. And again, uh, so we are praying and planning to start a new church in Kathmandu Valley within yourself. Uh, we appreciate your prayer for that. Okay. Yeah, this is, uh, the, this is our main uh, core leadership team. Uh, so this is House of Church Council Committee members, and... Uh, here, Pastor Asa and I am here, and the other pastors and elders uh, are there. Actually, two of them, they had to be here, but uh, uh, they were not able to get a visa. That's why only two of us were able to come here. Yeah, next. And these are the uh, main uh, workers. Uh, so... And we are not uh, only, so there are two other brothers. Uh, we are partnering with them. We are helping, supporting, encouraging, and then uh, so doing the same thing, uh, even though we are from different uh, churches. And then uh, so most of them, they are from our house of church, and they are the active uh, evangelist workers. Yeah. And our prayer requests, uh, which are here, and uh, so our brother Mike, he printed out, and then so he has kept uh, in the back side. Uh, later, if you are interested, and I really appreciate uh, so you to pray uh, for us. And then I know that you guys are praying for us, and not only that, um, uh, so you guys are the one who encouraged us uh, from the very beginning, and that really gave us... Uh, kind of like a confirmation of our calling and and that's how that really motivates us to serve in our place and God is using us uh, in this way to bless many people and you are the part of uh, these blessings and thank you so much and continuously pray for our leadership team and there are many other things news uh, so if you are interested then maybe you can contact uh, Pastor Sangmin and our Mike and then uh, so maybe uh, more more than this, you can get information. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, brother. Thank you. I met Daibu, um, yeah, like I said, 2009, and I visited uh, before we planted a church. I visited Daibu in Kathmandu, and you know, just sat with him as he was he was planting his first church. He's planted like 20 churches. I I don't I can't even keep up with the number of churches he's planted. But when he first planted first church. I spent time with him. I went with another brother before we planted our church, and I just was spending time with him as leaders. And everywhere we went, he, he's like Apostle Paul there. Everybody knows him. Everywhere we went, we did like, he's like, oh, we're going to do a quick uh, you know, family worship. I'm like, cool, awesome. I'm sitting there two hours past. I'm like, okay, next one, next one, next one. And I was like, what is, this, this whole trip, why does this be sitting in you know, Nepali worship? But at that, at that time, I, I just, God really spoke to me and said, hey, this man I love, this man, he's committed to me. And even at that time, I remember I was talking to him, like, hey, how are you, you got family, you got, you got a bills to pay, how are you doing this? And he's working, he's, you know, taking people to 
uh, Mount Everest base because he's a Serpa. He's doing this. He's teaching at a seminary. And I said, okay, you know what? We don't got much money. We're planning a new church, but we will support you. And if you could just focus on doing ministry, we would do that. So at that time, the leadership of our church, we've committed. And from the, from the very beginning, we did that. And just to see the wonderful, I mean, he's like, I planted this church, planting this church. That's just, that's just an amazing testament to what God can do uh, through just five loaves of bread and two fish. Amen? So let's keep praying. If you want to talk to him, Pastor Neb will be here after as well. All right. If you can remember, beginning of this year, what was the word that God gave us as a community? Anybody? Grit. Awesome. Grit. Um, can I not move around, Pastor John? Don't move around. Okay, I'm good. Um, we strongly felt, last year as we were coming into 2023, we strongly felt the word grit was what God gave our community to really grow in, focus in, to learn. Angela Lee Duxworth, she wrote a book called the grit, so she knows one thing or two about grit. I recommend it if you haven't read it. She defines grit as the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal, whatever that is. You want a nice beach body? You gotta, you gotta be, what, you, gotta, you gotta persevere and do that diet. Over a long period of time and not giving up. It is having stamina. It's sticking with your future day in, day out. Not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years, and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Very countercultural, right? If you, if you go watch TikTok or, or Instagram, everybody tells you how to get a beach body in seven days. But Angelique Duxworth, she says, no, it's actually about changing a lifestyle. It's about committing to it and not giving up. Biblical grit, that's, that's a, that's an, a secular author's perspective of grit. Biblical grit is also about persevering. Day in, day out, in the trenches of life and work, as you work, as you live life, as you parent, as you get married and, and figure out life, it's about staying committed to God. Yet grit for God's people, we begin this year saying, it actually begins at the riverbank. This image of tree planted by the streams of living water, Psalm 1. Right, this idea of we don't get our strength from our own ability, our own kind of ability to you know, put our head down and push forward. It comes from being planted in the streams of living water. It's being planted in Jesus. And perhaps there's no better book than 1 Peter. We're going to be in 1 Peter for the next seven weeks. 1 Peter, there's no better book that marriages both, both idea of enduring faith and being planted in Jesus. So before we jump into our text today, which is 1 Peter chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, we can open up there. Let me give us a quick context about the book, about this letter that Peter wrote. 1 Peter is a pastoral letter written around mid-60s AD. The letter addresses non-Jewish Christians. Remember, Peter was called to the Jewish church in the earlier part of ministry, in the early church. Latter part of his life, he actually spent time ministering to non-Jews outside of Jerusalem. And he writes this letter to Christians in Roman province of Asian Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And he's writing this letter because he hears 
all the hard and difficult, challenging things that people are experiencing because of their faith. Interestingly, we find out towards the end of, the, end of this letter that Peter is actually in Rome. And this is where he actually gets martyred for his commitment to Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, let's read 1 Peter ver- chapter 1. We're going to go verses 1 to 8 today. Chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. Let me read for us. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for, I cannot read that, my eyes are getting bad, for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it is tested by fire, may be found to be result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Amen. So three things from our text. One is our identity, our trials, and our hope. Our identity, our trials, our hope. So first, our identity. Verse 1, Peter uses the word elect exiles. Everyone say elect exiles. Pastor John, can I actually switch out? I think, can I switch out to another mic, this one? Can I get a line one? Sorry, guys, this thing's bothering me. One second. Sorry, guys. Thank you. That was bothering me the whole time. Sorry. Three things. Our identity, our trials, our hope. So first, our identity. Verse 1, Peter uses the word elect exiles. Elect because God has chosen his people out of the world by his grace and love. It is not based on our own merit, but simply by God's purpose and calling. Everyone that God calls is not based on our merit, but on his grace and his love, exiles because this is not our true home. What Peter is saying, you are elect exile. You've been chosen out of the world, and this is not your final home. We are passing through life as beautiful as it is. The experiences that we have, as wonderful as they are, we are passing through as God's people. This is not our final destination. So as exiles and sojourners, what Peter is telling his original audience, people that are struggling in their faith, people that are facing really intense persecution, and and, and to us, he says, you're going to face challenges, you're going to face trials, 
Why? Because we live in a culture that is very different from our faith. Even opposite of our faith. And, and we know what it's like to be elect exiles, right? Because most of us, Seoul is not our home. Right? If, as when you leave home, because many of us have either lived outside of Korea or have come back to Korea for whatever reason, maybe Seoul does not feel like your home. Anyone? I feel like that. It's simple things like taking out the trash. Eggshells. Is it food trash? Or is it just regular trash? I still don't know. I just, food trash. If I'm wrong, you let me know. I mean, simple things like language, communication, the way people work, the way people think about life. Very different. In a similar way, Christians, as we engage in the world, it is only natural to feel tension. It is only natural for you and I to feel tension as we live in this world. In fact, if there is no tension as we go to work, as we parent, as we live on this earth, there's no tension. You should be worried. The tension actually that we experience as exiles living in a world that is different from our faith is actually very normal. It's actually very healthy. And this reality of elect exile should, should have profound impact in how we view and approach life. That's the first thing that Peter talks about. You are not part of this world. Yes, you are to go work. You are to engage. You are to make friends. You are to live life. But remember, this is not your final home. Second, our trials. Verse 6, you have been grieved by various trials. Peter acknowledges that people are struggling. Right? People were imprisoned, prisons were overcrowded and unsanitary. Many were tortured and forced to renounce their faith. There was a Roman Empire named Nero, and it was especially harsh to Christians at the time. They were publicly being executed. They were flogged. They were burnt. They were crucified simply because of their commitment to Jesus. There was a big fire, according to history, and Nero blamed Christians. They were socially excluded. As elect exiles, there will not only be tension, but Peter says trials are part of your life, part of our calling. But interestingly, the word Peter chooses to use in verse 6 for trial. In the original Greek, the word is paidosmos. Paidosmos, which literally translates as not simply hard and difficult experiences of life, but it literally means an enticement to sin. Not just challenges, not just difficulties, but what Peter is saying is every time you and I find ourselves in trials of life, there's always an enticement to sin. In every trial we face in life, friends, in every trial we face, maybe you've, Face something really difficult today. Maybe that's why you're here today. You want to pray and say, Lord, help me. Peter says, every trial we face in life, they are what? There are opportunities for us. Either we can honor God or we can actually fall to sin. It is not simply facing our trials, but Peter says something very interesting about trials. Peter says, verse 7, these various trials of life, they are meant to what? Make us upset, make us annoyed, make us angry. Perhaps that's true. 
But they're meant to purify. The word that Peter uses is that these trials are there to purify, to cleanse, to refine our faith, our trust in God. And he says this, he, he gives us this imagery of gold being refined by fire. We're like, none of us are blacksmith. We don't understand what's happening. But if you imagine gold refined by fire was a very common thing at people at the time. It was imagery people would instantly be able to connect with. And Peter says, when you face trial as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, it is like gold being refined by fire. Friends, what you and I see as problems and even annoyances of life, Peter says God has a purpose for every challenging, annoying, and frustrating situations. In fact, these are opportunities for our faith to be refined and to be even authenticated. I I love that word. Make sure your faith is real. Make sure your trust in God is real. Because that means it might not be real. And only storms will be able to tell you As you face storms, it will be able to tell you whether what you believe, what you see about Jesus is real. So this imagery of gold refined by fire, verse 7. Every time gold is refined by fire, first it is placed in a hot furnace to be liquefied. This intense heat liquefies and then separates the gold from any other elements or impurities that may be present. In a similar way, friends, our trials not only annoy, annoys us, not only makes our life hard, but our trials would often help us to see our own impurities, our impure motives, ambition, purpose. Every time I get into an argument with my daughter or with my, like, more like my daughters now because they're getting older. Like, this, this, this morning we're driving to church and I was like, hey, it's nice. Tomorrow's a red day. Can we, can we go eat with grandma, grandpa, dinner? They're like, no. What do I do? Is going to come with this whole argument. I'm just like, every time I get into argument with my, you know, eight-year-old daughter or five-year-old daughter, I realize there's impurity in my heart. There's impure motive in my heart wanting to control them, wanting to shape them. Once all the dirt and dust and impurities are skimmed off, only then the refined gold is allowed to be cooled and solidified once again. See, friends, trials are not only help us to see our own impurities, but through trials, through challenging situations in life, God removes impure motives, impure goals, impure ambitions from our lives. It's actually good for us that we face trials. It's actually good for us that we go through something hard and difficult. Because out of that, God not only allows us to see our brokenness, not only see our impure motives, but He cleans them. He separates what is pure versus what is not. And again, once all the dirt and dust and impurities skimmed off, only then, only after then, The refined gold is allowed to cool and solidify once again. So really what Peter is saying when he he shows his imagery of gold being refined by fire, what he's saying is it's, it's trials. Through trials, God reorients, rebuilds, and restores our lives according to my purpose, according to God's purpose. But we know waiting on God is not easy. Anyone like waiting? 
Seoul, Korea, anyone like waiting for anything? I don't like waiting for anything, right? Waiting is not easy. Trusting God is not easy. We're sharing yesterday in our small group, because we're in First Peter as well, and one of, the, one of the members shared, you know what, when I face trials, I just want to get into the mode of fixing the problem. I just want to get things done. And, and the person shared, well, every time I do that, I get in trouble because I'm not waiting on God. I'm not waiting to be refined. And even this message, this reminder, if you're really struggling today, if you're like, man, I don't even want to go to church, but I'm going to go to church, and you're here, and it's just, you're going through something really rough, I know for some of you guys, this is not the most encouraging message. You're like, great, I just got to wait. I got to hold on. But this is why I think Peter begins this teaching with the reminder in verse 3. And this is the last point. The reminder of living hope. Everyone say living hope. The living hope that you and I have. He says, if anyone is in Christ, you have not dead hope, not dormant hope, but this hope that is alive. It's verse 3. What does this mean? Why would Peter use the word living to describe the hope that we have in Christ? One commentator says, Peter here is emphasizing a type of hope that is alive, obviously, but also growing and being strengthened over time. The more you walk with Jesus, the more you face challenges and hardships and difficulties. What, what Peter is saying is, because it's alive, it's hope that's alive, it's going to grow, it's going to be strengthened, it's going to mature. The type of hope that banks on the future inheritance. In verse 4. A type of hope, I mean, most of us are young, under, under 50, right? Under most of us. It's the type of hope that is found in many mature Christians before they face their death. About a week ago, I think eight days ago, an author, pastor, perhaps one of the most influential Christian leader of our time, we're living among, I think we don't realize how amazing of a leader Pastor Tim Keller was, because I think we've lived among him. But I think later we'll realize such, a, such an amazing man. He, Pastor Tim Keller, passed away at age 72 while battling pancreatic cancer. I think two, about three years ago, he, he found out he had this cancer. He was battling it. And about eight days ago, he passed away. And the day after Pastor Tim Keller passed away to be with the Lord, Pastor John Piper, another influential pastor, he posted a video on YouTube in his own channel about his final email encounter with Pastor Tim Keller. In that email exchange, Pastor John shares... He was writing with Pastor Tim Keller, seeing how he was doing. And they were talking about Luke chapter 10, verse 20. Pastors nerding out about passages, right? Luke chapter 10, verse 20, where it's the passage where there are 72 disciples. They go out. Jesus sends them out to do evangelism. They come back. They're excited. They're pumped because what? They're able to cast out demons. They're able to do this amazing work of healing. They come back. Jesus looks at them. Jesus says, in, in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, he says, Do not rejoice 
that you can cast out evil spirit and you have this power. Don't let that be the source of your joy. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. Rejoice that you have salvation. And Pastor John Piper says, this was the very text that gave Pastor Tim Keller a great, profound comfort during his final days. Not that he's written thousands or hundreds of books. Not that he's preached these amazing, amazing sermons. Not that he's planted these amazing churches. Not that he's impacted New York City because God called him and he went there. But, but, but the fact that his name is written in the book of life and that he's about to see Jesus himself, that gave him comfort. Nothing else. And Pastor John Piper ends that video with this wonderful reminder. He says, and he says, this is not what Pastor Keller said, but I think if I could speak for Pastor Tim Keller, this is what he would want younger pastors to hear. I think this is what he would want younger everyone to hear. And he says this, and I quote, by all means, do your cultural exegesis. By all means, preach the word of God with all your heart. By all means, love your church, care for the flock, all the things that pastors do. He's saying, do it, keep doing it. But under all that, in all that, above all that, be more thrilled that you are saved, that you are successful. Be more thrilled that you are saved than you are successful. Friends, be more thrilled. Whatever you're facing, whatever struggles, whatever challenges, they're real. They're painful, they're hard. But I hope your prayer is, Lord, I have this inheritance that will not be defiled, that will not perish, that will not fade away. I have it, I have you. And I could, I could overcome, I could face anything that is in my way. Because my name, I know at the end, my name is written in the book of life. Friends, the living hope in our text that Peter is speaking about in verse 3. It is not based on some temporary circumstance on any or any human effort. It is solely dependent on Jesus and his redemptive work. Look at verse 3. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Friends, it is his mercy, his sacrifice, his death, his resurrection. So Peter can confidently look at people who are struggling, who are dying, who are going through hard and difficult things. And he says, it is an inheritance that is nothing like on this earth. It will not perish. It will not be defiled. It will not fade we spend so much of our waking moments. I spend so much of my waking moments wanting to be successful, right? Striving to accumulate wealth, possessions, accolades. Spend so much time trying to get the very things that we want. We, we dedicate ourselves to building a life, amassing material treasures, seeking recognition from others. Yet deep within our hearts, you and I, we both know everything we have right now, everything we enjoy, everything that we possess will one day be gone. They are fleeting here for a moment and no more. And that's what Peter wants to remind his people. 
So friends, let us keep our eyes on the prize that will never fade away, that will never be lost, that will never perish. In fact, you and I know someone who has endured the most difficult trials and tests because he never took his off his eyes off of the prize. From the Garden of Gethsemane to the hill of Golgotha, Jesus endured all the mockery, all humiliation, all pain and sorrow, and he did it for you. He did it for me. And he prayed, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Demonstrating complete trust in God, even in the face of death. And indeed, even death could not hold him back. Even death could not defeat him. And this is what's amazing about, I love, every time I read the resurrection account, what amazes me is this. The text tells us, the very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in each of us. Have you guys thought about the nature of Holy Spirit? The scripture tells us the very spirit that resurrected, that raised Jesus from the dead, is now in us. If that doesn't challenge or help us to think about how we are dealing with trials and challenges, I I don't know what would. I hope this is encouragement to you as it is encouragement to me. Nothing has, hour ago, you came in and you had all these challenges, all these issues, all these stress. Some of you guys, some of you guys look great. You guys are doing great, great. But some of you guys, you guys look stressed. Nothing has changed. As you leave these doors, you'll, you'll, these things are reality. Yet, what, what has changed is this reminder, we have God who is with us, who goes with us in our battle against our addictions and temptations, who is with us as we struggle with our fears and doubts, as we struggle with depression. He is with us. He is for us. Amen. Let's let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this reminder. Holy Spirit, would you strengthen us, even at this time, as we're sitting here, as we've come to worship you, would you strengthen us, God, once again? And Lord, this refined gold, that's nothing compared to, to, to the joy and the inheritance that you give us, that is prepared for us in heaven. Lord, teach us, as we sang, how to look towards heaven, look to our future. And from that perspective, give us strength to deal with all the things that we're facing today. We thank you. We love you. Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, as we do every week, we're going to go into time of communion. And communion is a wonderful reminder of just the things that we talked about God in our storm, God in our trial, God in our hard and difficult uh, challenges. I'm going to invite uh, our elder, Elder Evan. Elder Evan is coming up. Um, communion, the night that Jesus was arrested,
don't know if I'm going to make it. Hold on one second. I think we're going to make it. We made it. Um, communion, the night Jesus was, was arrested, he, he gathered his disciples and he reminded them, hey, every time you guys are serving me and you guys are living uh, out my calling in your life, every time you get discouraged, every time you run into some challenging, hard, difficult things, remember your victory does not lie in you or your, in your ability. It lies with me, my body, my blood given for you, poured out for you. So as, as a church, we love celebrating communion because no matter how we feel, no matter how you come through those doors, you know by coming to the table, it is his table, his invitation, and there's strength and power in this. Now, if this is your first time at church, we're like, we're about to eat what? Drink what? Uh, we love that you're here. But if you have not given your life to Jesus and you're still on this journey, you don't have to feel pressure to come up with rest of us. You can just sit back, reflect on the message. You can, you can um, just wait in your seats as we, as we do this. We have uh, ushers right on my right, left of you. Uh, when they invite you, they'll guide you. Everybody come up, take the elements, go back to your seats. Once everyone has it, we'll partake together as one community. Let's begin. about grit i recommend if you haven't read it she defines grit as the ability to persevere in pursuing a future goal whatever that is you want a nice beach body you gotta you gotta be what you gotta, you gotta persevere and do that diet over a long period of time and not giving up it is having stamina it's sticking with your future day in day out not just for the week not just for the month but for years and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Very countercultural, right? If you, if you go watch TikTok or, or Instagram, everybody tells you how to get a beach body in seven days. But Angelique Duxworth, she says, no, it's actually about changing a lifestyle. It's about committing to it and not giving up. Biblical grit, that's, that's a... That's a uh, secular author's perspective of grit. Biblical grit is also about persevering. 
day in, day out, in the trenches of life and work, as you work, as you live life, as you parent, as you get married and, and figure out life. It's about staying committed to God. Yet grit for God's people, we begin this year saying, it actually begins at the riverbank. This image of tree planted by the streams of living water, Psalm 1. Right, this idea of we don't get our strength from our own ability, our own kind of ability to you know, put our head down and push forward. It comes from being planted in the streams of living water. It's being planted in Jesus. And perhaps there's no better book than 1 Peter. We're going to be in 1 Peter for the next seven weeks. 1 Peter, there's no better book that marriages both, both idea of enduring faith and being planted in Jesus. So before we jump into our text today, which is 1 Peter chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, we can open up there. Let me give us a quick context about the book, about this letter that Peter wrote. 1 Peter is a pastoral letter written around mid-60s A.D., the letter addresses non-Jewish Christians. Right? Remember, Peter was called to the Jewish church in the earlier part of ministry, in the early church. La- latter part of his life, he actually spent time ministering to non-Jews outside of Jerusalem. And he writes this letter to Christians in Roman province of Asian Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And he's writing this letter because he hears all the hard and difficult, challenging things that people are experiencing because of their faith. Interestingly, we find out towards the end of, the, end of this letter that Peter is actually in Rome. And this is where he actually gets martyred for his commitment to Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, let's read 1 Peter ver- chapter 1. We're going to go verses 1 to 8 today. Chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. Just go next slide. Yeah. So this is a short video, I guess. Uh, okay. So this is my family. My name is Norbu Sherpa. My wife' name is Susma Kala Rai, and daughter Evangelica and son Joshua. And here, uh, so we are representing our House of Hope Church. And this uh, House of Hope Church is, uh, yeah, in that place where uh, the mark it is Mark, and it is in the southern part of Capital Valley, uh, Kathmandu. Next. And yeah, so our pastor Asa, can you just stand? Yeah, she's also one of, one of our lady pastor. And she's uh, serving the Lord in this place, which is far east uh, of Nepal. And so this is my hometown. And we planted a church in, when we were in the COVID. In 2020, we planted church over there. And uh, so she's uh, serving over there as a pastor. And her husband, Dil Kumar Shrestha, he's also one of our pastors. And House of Hope Church uh, that we started in 2016 in this uh, place where you can see. And that is our first church. And after that, uh, we planted another church which is a nearby uh, mountain. Yeah, this is our second church which is uh, 186 uh, kilometers away. And... This is uh, just uh, right below of uh, mountain uh, Himalaya, and then uh, it takes uh, almost whole day to reach there, even though the length is just only. And then second church, 
this is the second church and uh, third church is uh, 486 kilometers away from, this is the western part of Nepal. It is, it is also kind of a remote area. And this is our second, uh, third church. And another? Yeah, and this is the church uh, we planted in uh, during the time of COVID. And when we uh, started this uh, church, that, that time we were having online services. And in this uh, church, which is, uh, uh, we planted in 2020, October th 23. And this is the church which is uh, growing very fast and it became uh, largest among our churches. And our pastor asked also from there, that place. Yeah. And there are five uh, ordained leaders now. And another, again, we planted another church in the same place, uh, Rolpa. Uh, and this is our fifth church. And another. Next slide. Yeah, this is a sixth uh, church, uh, which is uh, in another district of my hometown, uh, 580 kilometers away from so Kathmandu. And this is a, a small fellowship which is uh, going on. And by God's grace, uh, many people who are chosen, they are coming uh, in, uh, so into God's family. And one of, uh, one of my students who are serving there being as an evangelist. And uh, so these are the churches that we planted from 2006, uh, 16 to up to 2022. And yeah, can you go yeah, prayer and plan in 2023. Yeah, next slide. So we are planning uh, to start another church uh, nearby the church which, uh, which was uh, recently we planted. And we ask uh, you to pray for that. Uh, we send our evangelism team there and they spend and he's still some of the leaders from our... ...severe and do that diet. Over a long period of time and not giving up. It is having stamina. It's sticking with your future day in, day out. Not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years. And working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Very countercultural, right? If you, if you go watch TikTok or, or Instagram, everybody tells you how to get a beach body in seven days. But Angelique Duxworth, she says, no, it's actually about changing a lifestyle. It's about committing to it and not giving up. Biblical grit, that's, that's, a, that's an, a secular author's perspective of grit. Biblical grit is also about persevering. Day in, day out, in the trenches of life and work, as you work, as you live life, as you parent, as you get married and, and figure out life, it's about staying committed. Once again, once again. And Lord, this refined gold, that's nothing compared to, to, to the joy and the inheritance that you give us, that is prepared for us in heaven. Lord, teach us, as we sang, how to look towards heaven, look to our future. And then from that perspective, give us strength to deal with all the things that we're facing today. We thank you, we love you. Just let me pray. Amen. Church, uh, as we do every week, we're going, we're going to go into time of communion. And communion is...